You only got Charlie. What is it with you and being delayed? Jesus, you could have you could have driven an eighteen wheeler through that pause. Ready? Record. I was like, I should have been like, wait, do we go on one or record? I couldn't. I couldn't reach it. I was like, oh shit, I forgot to clap. The worst, the worst part is, is I'm about to clap because Will's like three, two, and I want to be like, wait, do we go on the clap? Or are we going to do one then clap? And so <laughs> my clap is like, I know that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> then the freaking, the, so my like the freaking spike on my recorder is the tiniest, weakest looking clap I've ever seen. <laughs> I think we're good because yeah. I, I did it when Will told me, and I think I nailed it. So, are you serious? You, <laughs> you clap. <like. laughs> well, I forgot to clap. I forgot. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it's like that it last episode. That all of a sudden, you just hear click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what made me think of it because I listened Grab to that right sh- before we did this, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I did the double. I did the tap instead of the double click. Yeah. <laughs> oh I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna have to will. I'm gonna have to send you that clip of Rick and Morty so that you. See. <laughs> Did I hear two switches? Grab a shovel. It's <laughs> your Well, uh, I guess now we have to officially intro the show after that. Welcome back to another episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. We are in season five, which we've entitled From Sting to Hogan. Everything okay over there? Never all right. Better. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> From Sting to Hogan, covering early 90s WCW. I'm William Rinkin, joined by Jason Kiesler. Hi, everyone. And if you're a new listener, I'm sorry. Charlie Stabile. <laughs> How do? How do you since 6.30, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> 6.30. I didn't think I talked to her for two and a half hours, but here we are. <laughs> but listen, listen, you should have been like at eight o'clock. I got a heart out. So it's well, typically I would, I haven't talked to her in like two years. And I was like, well, well, this can't last past seven 30. I'll probably get a jog in beforehand. And now I, I, I did not get a jog. I'm going to drink some wine and go for a jog. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen, man. <laughs> I remember then, one Then I'm going to go put my mouth on every water fountain in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> I, I did this once. I got pretty lit one night, and then we went oh, to the no. gym, You're and right. I ran I ran for like three miles, and I had like the Pantera just booming like, da-da-da-da, I was sweating so much. <laughs> it was It was unreal. But it was good prep. It was good prep for the uh, for the five k. Anyway, here we are. We so. Oh wait, that was during the days of Verizon. Was that the? Uh, yeah. Hey, Will, what you gonna listen to? And you just played me Brock Lesnar's theme while you're. You didn't want to win. You just wanted to beat all the bastards that brag about running all the time. I did. I really did. I waited, <laughs> and I don't know if I actually did, Jason. But I'd like to think that I tried hard. <laughs> In my heart, you did. Thank you. Um. But it's uh, it's cool to do now a real season five episode. We had our special 
Last time, we looked at Ron Simmons winning the belt at the um, at that house show in August in Baltimore. Now we get to see him defend it tonight in in a proper uh, show. So here we go. This is Clash 20, or as we called it, the, the cameo by Xander Cage. Or maybe you call it State of the Union. It's double X. State of the it's Union. It's a prequel. It's Xander Cage, the high school years. Xander Cage can't lose. Um, I had no idea the pageantry, apparently, that would come with this show. I, I, I was a little wow. overwhelmed by how serious WCW took this show. And uh, like how... Let's just say it. They're pretty full of themselves this entire show. Oh, Dude, my gosh. Fuck this show. <laughs> no, man. Like, I've got I notes. Thought... Yeah, I, I, I got pretty hot good. watching this program. Let me tell you. Oh, good. Good. I thought for a second that Ron Simmons and his wife rode up on a carriage just because I see the horse go by for a second. Missy Hyatt goes, there's Ron Simmons, and then they walk over. And uh, no, it was a police horse, but still, I was like, that would have been the best. Ron Simmons riding in on a horse-drawn carriage. I'm the champ. Damn. Get it. Um, I, I just got to say, Stinger rolling up with no shirt and a jacket is No makeup. The... Nope. And who is that? Hyatt legit objectifying him. Oh, yeah. I want to give props to her. And I don't mean, seriously, because you see it, we make jokes about all the Bambi joke about, oh, skinning her alive, like all that stuff from like our very first episode in this season. And you see women get it all the time. She is legit checking out that ass. Oh, <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah, it's uh, she's pretty thirsty. Um, yeah, because Bruno just slipped her his hotel key. Oh, you know, man. This How about this? How shocked were you guys when all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, Andre. Oh, Bruno. Yeah. Andre. <laughs> You're going to have Andre is... the Giant stand there. Yeah. And then he later doesn't do anything. there. Yeah. I know. I mean, I get it. This was later and he was, pr- man. But Will, just this goes to an inside joke between you and me. I've got a note on here. Did you notice that uh, Bruno just looked at center stage and just went, oh, it's not the garden. And then just like. <laughs> it, it felt like he was so close to doing something about the garden. Like it, and yeah. it, it was so funny. It, it felt like a copy and paste Bruno WWF promo, except in this case, he was finding every way to stick it to WWF. Yeah, Bruno oh, is my later? complaint of the entire show. <laughs> like, like that yeah. last decade up there, that other league. Like, damn, <laughs> that other league. <laughs> like, yeah, league. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Justice League go us. No. So before we so um, we got our notes from Nick. He's always been our insider, so he always gives us our notes about the show, kind of leading into it, what's going on in the world. Um, this show. So first of all, September second, nineteen ninety two, center stage in Atlanta. This show was not only the twentieth Clash of the Champions since nineteen eighty eight, but also marked, as we will see, twenty years of wrestling on TBS. Turner Broadcasting started airing wrestling in 1972 with Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, the show, and the promotion that was the forerunner to WCW. Clash 20 was also the final U.S. TV appearance of Andre the Giant before his death on the 23rd of January in 1993 in his sleep of congestive heart failure in a Paris hotel room. The attendance for the show is only 500 people. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But it's center stage. Center right. stage is it's not that, generally a... Right. Yeah, it's a stage, <laughs> not a... 
it's not an arena. It ain't the garden. It is not the garden. <laughs> but um, all right. So here we go, Charlie. Here's our favorite thing. Number one movie. What do you think it is? 1992 in September. Is that right? Yep. 1992 September. Oh boy. Just say uh, go. Uh, it's a ghost ad. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Is it uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3? Close. No, that's 90, Very uh, close. Actually, that is close. Yeah, that is 92. Uh, this would be um, September 92. Give me just a second. No, don't. Uh, you, that gives you time to go. Robocop 3. Oh, even closer. It's Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> a good movie. That's actually Wait a, a minute. Movie. Wait a minute. I go Ninja Turtles 3. Close. <laughs> Charlie goes RoboCop 3. Even closer. It's Honeymoon in Vegas. There you go. See? There's uh, not a robo, a turtle, a ninja, a teenager, or a cop. Or the number three in Honeymoon in Vegas. It made Robocop not, three, or uh, sorry, uh, Honeymoon in Vegas was one of those movies I got for free in that yeah. Papa John's deal from fifteen years ago. Yeah, I feel the pe- I remember this. So like, I remember the Pizza Hut deal. This is how you got Field of Dreams. Yes. I think everybody, every kid our age, owns Field of Dreams because of Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, all right, so real quick, so we can just start booming through it. Number one U.S. song was "End of the Road" by Boys to Men. Thirteen weeks at number one. The number one song in the UK was Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. Uh, the yes. number one... I, I, I remember that song. Yeah. That's a good song. Rhythm is a Dancer. And That's right. I, I kn- it's as serious as cancer. Rhythm is a Dancer. Mm-hmm. So this this one is a, a huge hit on this podcast. This The number one song in Australia is Amigos Para Siempre by Jose Carreras and Sarah. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah Brightman, this was six weeks at number one on the on the Australian charts. So there you go. <laughs> Amigos, better when we were kids. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so it's Australia, and yet the title is Amigos. What? Pero siempre. Oh, well, Charlie, here's a cool story. I once got so lit, I was just listen, uh, drinking a lot, and then I went to the gym and ran to Amigo Simpiante for three miles. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so as we'll see, the uh, WCW world champion is Ron Simmons. The NWA champion, as we'll learn a little later, is Mashihiro Chono. The WCW US champion is Rick Rude. The WCW slash NWA tag team champions or the Miracle Violence Connection. The TV champion is uh, stunning Steve Austin. And the light heavyweight champion for now is Brad Armstrong. So yeah. that's a sad story. Yeah. Cho- Your Cho- daddy. Your daddy. <laughs> no, no. It's even worse. And uh, Chono, as we will hear, won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on the fifth day of the G1 Climax in the tournament. Final held by New Japan Pro Wrestling on August 12, 1992 in Tokyo. Chono was the first champion since Ric Flair, who was stripped of the belt on September 8th of 1991. So, um, as they'll get into about old poor old Brad, uh, Armstrong suffered a knee injury during a tour uh, in Japan in a match against the Great Muda, actually. He, uh, as we'll see, he will... Not be holding that belt for long, as uh, the the capacity crowd of 500 will see at center stage. The WWF champion right now 
Nature Boy Ric Flair, Intercontinental Champion, the British Bulldog, and the WWF Tag Team Champions, the Natural Disasters. Flair defeated Savage to become a two-time champion on an episode of Primetime Wrestling that aired on September 1st, 1992. The British Bulldog defeated Bret Hart for the WWF Intercontinental Championship at Wembley Stadium in the main event of SummerSlam on August 29th, 1992. And the Natural Disasters defeated Money Incorporated on a Worcester, Massachusetts house show on July 20th, 1992. (laughs) Did you just call them the National Disasters? The National... That'd be, that'd be funny. 2020, the National Disasters are... We're bad. We're nationwide. <laughs> we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get your jobs. We're gonna get your health. Isn't that... That's, that's just funny, though. Yeah, we'll just, we're just gonna take the... We'll, we'll have the disasters take the belts off of them at a house show. We want to keep money ink strong on television. That's right. We had heel because heel versus heel tag team matches, people love them. Let me tell you, <laughs> this show tells us why. So here's something just interesting about I, I had heard about this, but I had never like delved into it. Like I had heard about it. It was one of those weird things that was like, when when the first thing happened that we all know about, it's like, huh, this is actually really ironic. Now I'll explain. Um, at a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. On September 23, 1992, during an NWA title defense, Masahiro Chono suffered a serious neck injury when stunning Steve Austin botched a sit-down tombstone pile driver, which would be what? the same the same exact move that Owen Hart would deliver to him in 1997. I had heard, got him, fucking got him. I had heard about this, but I had never looked into it that Austin actually had done the same exact thing that had broken his neck to somebody else years before. So it's really interesting to finally have that come up here. That's crazy, dude. I did not know that. I didn't think you did because we'd never talked about it. And it was just, like I said, it was one of those things I had heard pretty much in passing years ago. And I had just I, never... I got a message from Masahiro Chono. <laughs> I guess that's... Oh, no, goddamn. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great if that's the what Owen said? If, uh, the long con. The long con. Owen drops it. He does the botch tombstone, takes up, rips a rubber face mask off. It's Chono. <laughs> wearing an NWO Japan shirt and just leaves. My work here is done. <laughs> so that is our setup here. So, guys, here we go. Um, let's start off with a lot of the stuff we kind of already joked about. But we start off with this, like, this this shot of Andre and Gordon Soley from back in the day it, you know, I, we're going to see so many of these old clips hyping up 20 years of, of uh, WCW on TBS and wrestling on TBS. But we start with Andre and Gordon, which is one of the craziest things to see. The very first thing on a WCW show is Andre, the giant. It just doesn't, it's bizarre. Dude. It's really I, weird. Yeah. I didn't know this ever happened. <laughs> we, uh, we get a, um, we get a graphic with Georgia championship wrestling, Bill Watts, Dusty, WCW, King Kong Bundy, and Ric Flair. It's so weird. Oh, you mean the the slowest scrapbook ever? Yes. <laughs> just oh, it's man. like, oh, this is going to be nice, and it opens up, and I'm able to watch half of the never-ending story, and then it finally starts showing all these, <laughs> we'll call them lowlights, because yeah. they're <laughs> throughout the night. None of them. You you said the word hype. That's a pretty strong word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we go to actually outside of center stage where we see Tony and Missy. 
on the Atlanta streets. And then we see Gordon Soley. We see Andre in person. We're like, oh my gosh, it's Andre. He's actually here. It's not even just the graphic. He's actually here. Insane. I never knew that he showed up here. I just, I, this slipped past me in my, my WCW watching back in the day. Cause I remember watching this. Jason, did you ever remember Andre popping up like this? I remember watching this show. Okay. Because well, I remember um... when I was a kid being kind of bored with the very <laughs> brief Ted Turner speech. Um, because he yelled Captain Planet for a full minute, but no, um, it was just, I remember that clearly. I was watching this going, I remember this. I remember seeing the Ted Turner thing. Now, I don't know if maybe they, because I, I don't remember really much of the rest of the, the night unless they ran this like probably, like a lot of wrestling does, like 20 times on all their subsequent shows about his, I want to thank WCW for being here for 20 years, you know? So, <laughs> I, I when, when I saw there was a red carpet, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, are we really, if we're going to... We're gonna treat this like it's the Academy Awards. <laughs> you got. This. Oh my God, that would have been. There's a lot of people in Texas. <laughs> I know. T- t- tell me, Andre, who are you wearing? Honeycomb. Just, I don't know. It'd have been great. <laughs> so let's run through them here. Ron Simmons shows up with his wife. Then we've got Bill Watts showing up in a limo, followed by Hank Aaron, <laughs> Bill Shaw. <laughs> uh, Bill Shaw, the current president of WCW, Jim Barnett. Uh, Bob, golly, what I misspelled? I don't, I can't read my writing for his last name. Is it Bob Pugh? I don't know. Sure. And, and then Bruno, sure. <laughs> Bruno, like, like I, that. This is the one that blew my mind because I just never thought in a million years. And because the funny thing is, like, correct me if I'm wrong, he never did anything with these guys <laughs> ever. I don't think so. But <laughs> later on, because Halloween Havoc isn't. Isn't that in Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh? It's in Philly, I think. It's in Philly. Okay. So, but apparently I mean, he's a part of, of it. wrestling, and yeah, he's gonna spin the wheel, make the deal. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Stinger rolls up on the Harley that we were talking about: leather jacket, j- jeans, no shirt, no makeup, <laughs> and uh, and and Miss uh, Missy Hyde being quite thirsty. And then, man, man. The cut to Teddy Long and <laughs> the suit and that purple bandana, the sunglasses. It's like he's in his it's like he's still trying to be a manager, but also an interviewer at the same time. Um Man. I love this spot. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Inter- he interviews um Rob Pitts of like the of Atlanta City Government <laughs> and mm-hmm. and Bill Watts. Pitts congratulates Watts. And then, my God, then Dusty just slides in with the assassin, <laughs> Thunderbolt Patterson, and Magnum TA hanging out in the background. What were you going to say, Jason? You you sent a picture of this. Oh, I sent a video. Uh, because, to me, the best luck spot of the whole night happens right here when Teddy Long backs out of a handshake with Thunderbolt Patterson at the last second on <laughs> national TV. Like... I it saw that even, too. <laughs> you could see the eyes of the assassin through his mask go, oh, because it, it was crazy. It was fucking, I laughed at that shit for 10 minutes. And then I was like, I'm going to record it and put it out there because I was just watching. I was like, this is awkward. This is so awkward. Because you're, it's Teddy Long. Then he immediately booked a tag match between Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, and the Atlanta City Council. And that worked out pretty well. Um, 
And then I feel like I, I, I think the timestamp, it's like seven minutes, it feels like, before we finally go to Jesse and, and JR at ringside. I feel like it's something like that. It may not be quite that long, but it feels that way. Everybody, they're, they're both done up in their tuxes. Jesse looks great with the gloves on. <laughs> looks great. Um, they're talking about, like as they introduce the show, they're talking about problems possibly with the light heavyweight title. We'll learn soon enough. Who knows? Ron Simmons is on the hotline, folks. And uh, I, I can only imagine. I, I would love to have heard accounts of what people were calling in and talking to Ron Simmons about. Because I just don't see him like talking for very long before he's just like, I think I'm done here, guys. But uh, Well, Will, he was there until 35 past the hour, as Jim Ross said. That's right. So eloquently and so weirdly. Yeah. Ron Simmons is here until 35. Like, 35 past the hour. Is this a UK show? Like it just... And then the, I, I, Charlie, I thought you would especially get a, a, a kick out of this. Like we're going to have, we want you to call into the hotline folks, because we want you to vote about whether to rescind the off the top rope disqualification rule. Okay. <laughs> I think, uh, I think everyone's confused as to what the rule currently is. I don't know. I think they are yeah. too. I like think... Jesse Ventura asked Jim Ross point blank, how did you vote? And then Jim Ross tells him, I voted to rescind. And Jesse goes, so does that mean you voted <laughs> not to is have it, the over the top rope? Yeah. And then there's yeah. like this weird pause. And he's like, you didn't answer me, JR. Did you vote to, to say that you don't want the over the top rope? And then someone gets disqualified for using the top rope. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought we were voting to get it back. When is this like, referendum going into effect? I don't understand. I need to know. Yeah, yeah. are we going to backtrack it since it was, I mean, does the people's vote count? Or is it just more like an opinion poll? These are things we need to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, because at first I was like, oh, are they going to do the, you can't go over, like you can't throw somebody over the top rope. DQ, are they doing that? And it's like, no, no, no. It's the, if you come off the top rope, it's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, fine. But finally, it's time for our first match. Jason, here we go. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is taking on Stunning Steve Austin, the world television champion, accompanied by, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paulie Dangerously. And there's some steps to this match, so take it away. Yep, the the steps are there are no DQ, and uh, Paulie is going to be suspended in a cage above the ring side uh, ring which turns out to be ring adjacent um because he was never lifted up i think i don't i think when they decided to do that they went oh yeah we can't do that in here um but raise your hand if you were hoping steve austin was going to be the one to sing the national anthem considering oh, all the wrestlers were in the it. ring when this very oh, okay. awkward moment comes out I th- uh, okay i thought when you just said it i was like oh crap i missed it and i was like i forgot they do it after they introduce the wrestlers yes yes um and so i just with i I have a friend who is constantly posting on facebook about this weird wayfair expensive kidnapping child box stuff um so when i when the fact that gary michael chapetta went 11 year old like brought out their age and then she's walked out by johnny b bad (laughs) it just was really really awkward um and while she's singing in the national anthem every some people are sitting, some people are standing, a couple people taking a knee, who knows. But Paul E. is just in Austin's ear 
the whole time, no selling the national anthem. I thought it was great. Um, then of course he gets put in the cage. For some reason, it's a problem, and uh, our old chief of security—I can't remember his name. What's his name? Nitro. Doug. Yeah, Doug, Doug Dillinger just checks Polly into the cage here, um, and so then we actually get to this match. So here we have Ricky Steamboat all taped up from broken ribs, but still competing. Uh, yet you know people are no other injuries are keeping people's titles stripped and stuff. But uh, why is it when Ricky Steamboat does a chop, they're martial arts? Always wanted to know that. Um, this is Jim Ross then tells us he's a registered voter, but you're registered in Oklahoma, you're in Georgia, so your vote doesn't count. Um, Absentee. Oh, okay. So he, he's going to vote it in and rig the election. Um, I tried to call the WCW hotline today, but I couldn't figure out how to spell the number. Is, phone number is no longer active on my phone. To see what it was. Um, but it's cool. Jesse spelled the phone number out. Jesse Ventura goes really hard on Bruno San Martino. Like, unusually hard for, I don't think it would go anywhere, but saying, I'm sure the folks in the old folks' home are excited to see their legend <laughs> Bruno. Um, like, the, the... And then Jesse Ventura... And, and this is why this stuck out, is because you've got Steve Austin and... You've got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a who can sit in a headlock longer match. Uh, and Jesse Ventura calls out that those headlocks are going to get you cauliflower ear. And I can't stand the way he says cauliflower. It's cauliflower. Cauliflower ear. Like, oh my God. I don't know why it really struck me. And then says a cauliflower ear is what will get you kicked out of Hollywood. So come on, Jesse. You made like Predator and like two more ears. You're a demolition man. Leave us alone. Um, then I'm trying to figure out what the move slash goal was at that spot where uh, Steamboat sitting on the top turnbuckle, Steve Austin's on the second turnbuckle or maybe the bottom turnbuckle. I couldn't tell, and it looks like that Austin would do like a a like a snapdragon suplex from the turnbuckle. I was going, man, this is pretty pretty way ahead of its time, but he just kind of throws Ricky Steamboat <laughs> into the air. It, it just looks like Steamboat's going to do a. a a frog splash and miss a, a 450 frog splash to bring it up. Um, and then Austin puts him in an abdominal stretch and they do the arm raise thing. Has anyone ever passed out in an abdominal stretch ever? I bet you back in the day, just like back in the day when people lost to a body slam, I could see giving up to an abdominal stretch. I don't know about passing out. I mean, if it was Rusev doing it, then like steamboat would have a tear in his eyes. He passed out. Right. Um, but like Mark Henry, but, uh, so, and then we go back because this whole thing with the ribs. Okay. I get it. Right. Steamboat is, is not doing what steamboat does because quote, quote his ribs. Uh, and they're too hurt to pin Steve Austin, even though he just d tried to do a tombstone, Steve Austin countered that tombstone into a tombstone. And then Ricky steamboat countered that tombstone into a tombstone, but his ribs are too hurt to do a pin. Okay. Um, there's, there's still, it's like, come on, give me something. Ventura pointing out how stupid Ricky Steamboat was to not jump off the top rope for his splash because it's a no DQ match. Um, kind of messed up. Uh, and then what's becoming one of my least favorite things in wrestling, and I kind of feel like Charlie for getting into something like this, but why do wrestlers skin the cat if they're not in an over-the-top rope elimination? 
kind of thing. I wrote this. I feel too. like it's a I wrote this significant waste of energy, <laughs> especially because if if he would have if Ricky Steamboat would have skinned the cat, flipped himself back over, and then like crouched down hurt because of his ribs are so bad, and then Austin like maybe picked him up, hit the stun gun, and finished it in. Okay, you know, all right, but it's just it's just nothing. Um, but you know, then suddenly Steamboat just gets knocked right back out of the ring crawls under the ring like he's fucking hornswoggle, comes out the other side while dumb, cold Steve Austin doesn't realize where he's at and listens to Jesse Ventura, jumps off the top rope, gets the win. We got a new TV champion. Um, I give this match a five and a half because there's way too many headlocks. Um, I did enjoy some of it, but Paulie in a cage had no impact on the match whatsoever. It's pointless. Okay, Charlie, just go ahead and let's just see what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> I might uh, <clears throat> I might get in trouble for this, but uh, so she's eleven. She is tall. She doesn't like, look eleven. She <laughs> her head her head is right up to the point of Johnny B. Bad's shoulders, and motherfuckers wearing shoulder pads. <sighs> she's eleven. <laughs> but she's she's well, from Oklahoma, folks. <laughs> I mean, di- okay. So let's get past the creepy stuff. So why is uh? Why is Johnny B. Bad walking her to the ring? Like, that's that's a little odd. Like, did they just not have anything for him to do? Like, it just seems like, oh, let's just get Johnny B. Bad to do it. Oh, all right. Um, I absolutely love that Paul Lee is talking to Austin during the national anthem. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, <laughs> like, that is an awesome take. And nobody comments on it, like, at the commentary desk, which I'm like, that's, an, that's a great moment. Respect the yeah. flag, man. Yeah. <laughs> So there's, so there's a lot of headlocks, sure, but uh, can we talk about like how I, like this is probably my favorite uh, abdominal stretch that I've yes. ever seen. Austin, he 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 locks in the abdominal stretch and then he keeps like pushing his elbow into the into, into Steamboat's ribs, like we've seen a million times. But then he starts like squeezing Steamboat's skin with his own bare hands, like trying to like soften him up or something and it, and it looks nasty like, it, looks it looks like a deep tissue massage yeah oh you got broken ribs there well harley race once fixed my neck uh, i'm gonna <laughs> try to do the same thing to you i ain't got a towel <laughs> do you prefer number one or number two all right so austin is like getting in there really deep and it looks great now the tombstone reversals i remember this from their bash at the beach 94 match so they this was kind of like a deja vu kind of moment for something that they ended up doing later. They repeat this spot later on. Um, and then Austin, I actually love the skin, the cat spot. And then Austin just seems like he's playing possum during, while he's waiting for steamboat to do the skin, the cat, cause he studied the tapes. And then Austin just levels him with the elbow and just sends him over the top rope. It's fantastic. Uh, but of course steamboat goes under the ring and then he then he goes to the other side and ends up doing a crossbody and gets a one two three, uh, so he gets the the win the title whatever. Uh, I actually really like this match. I, I I think it's a lot better than what Jason said. I would give this a seven, because uh, I think it's a good precursor to their TV to their match at Bash at the Beach '94. Yeah, but you've been drinking since six thirty. I have been drinking, but uh, but 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 I wrote these notes before I was drinking. I actually watched this match twice, Jason. I actually think this is a really good match. I don't. Well, I don't... it took me an hour and a half to watch this match. Why? One time. It's not that bad. Well, I'll tell you why. 
because I was also listening to JR After Dark podcast <laughs> oh, don't while do that. I was trying Here to watch comes. this. So, Here it so that's why it took me an hour and a half. But oh, life finds a way. Charlie, we'll let Will get his get his bit his, his review in. All right. Um, oh god, I, Wait, I, I can't actually... even find my pen. Where the where's the pen? Uh, I'm sitting here thinking to myself. I wonder if Charlie remembers. He needs to write down. Scores. I do need. I did remember that. I'm not that gone. It's only a bottle of wine. All right. What, where's the fucking pen? Where's the fucking door? <laughs> won't you? Won't look you just the, write it in write it in wine on the carpet? Charlie, the, the, look, look, the pen is probably under the couch. Get up now! Get up now! <laughs> so I didn't feel like it, but I got up. All right. Okay, I got a marker. All right. So you give it a five and a half? I give it a five and a half. I don't agree with that, but sure. All right. <laughs> I, I do really enjoy this match too. Thank I, you. Thank I you. I really well. liked it. Um, Six. No. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a five. <laughs> I I I really I agree with you, Charlie. The way he works the ribs with that abdominal stretch looks awesome. It's really cool. Um, I will say, like to to the, the criticism that Jason levies on it, I think is valid. Paul Lee has no bearing on this match whatsoever. Like, and it's really wow. weird. Like, why you would have him in the cage if he doesn't like try and drop the phone down or try and do something it's no dq so it really lends itself to it um yeah and even beyond paulie there's not a lot there's there's almost no use of no dq in this match so those are a couple things that, like i was like eh. but at the same time i was like man i'm just enjoying watching these guys work like and especially like it and i know i think part of it and i'm just gonna probably keep saying it show after show it's just seeing Steve Austin work this way when he would never work this way in the time that we really loved him. He just, right. He's just, he's fly. He has this incredible, like kind of it's, he's extremely athletic, but he makes it look really raw and almost sloppy, but in a good way. Like it just looks really just rough. And I think that works for him really well. This is a great TV title match. Like this is exactly what a TV title match looks like if you if you just wanted to describe a kind of a, a by the numbers in a way like this is it um i uh i do agree though jason why on earth would you skin the cat it makes no sense like just just go to the outside <laughs> just what are you what are you doing yeah land on your feet if you're ri- cuz another thing's like his ribs are hurt so i'm cool with seeing a baby you know any like a baby face fight while injured but the thing is is it it turned Ricky Steamboat like he was a, a, a former high-flying babyface who just recently turned heel, so he's not doing all his high-flying stuff. He's doing a ground-and-pound game. That, that's how it made Ricky Steamboat seem like in this match. And he tried to do a few things, and it'd be like, oh, it hurt. But it's like, if I want to see a, a face playing like this, especially in a championship match, I want to see them doing their stuff and just showing them dealing with the pain. Right. It's just more for, for, for me. That's another, like... I didn't bring it up, but that's another reason why it's got a, a lower thing. I feel now, since Charlie doesn't agree with me, I have to defend my Naturally. opinion. Naturally. Wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so what do you give it, Will? I what, give it a seven. What do you think of it? I give, give it a seven. seven. All yeah. right. I do. I really so enjoy it. So you're both it. wrong. 
Uh, what a dick. <laughs> Thank you. So I think after this match, we go back to our scrapbook, and we get to see Mr. Wrestling 2. Awesome. <laughs> and then uh, we come back to JR and Jesse. They then throw to another a montage of the great tag teams that appeared on TBS. This includes Dusty and Ole, the Assassins, the Briscoes, the Freebirds, the Road Warriors, and the Rock and Roll Express. We then shift to another video package. It is a teaser promo for Halloween Havoc. Our uh, spin the wheel, make the deal being the theme of it. This is just the teaser, so it's the really stripped down, like, you know, 30-second version of it. I think we get the longer one at the end of the show. Oh, yes, we do. I was mad because I thought we were going to get the full one, and then we don't, so. We then go to Jesse interviewing beautiful Bobby and uh, Arn Anderson, and unfortunately, Michael P.S. Hayes apparently now is is their manager. And also, as we've learned, the uh, color commentator on the main event. God help people watching back then. Because he is like, for the thing that sucks is like, Arn Anderson could probably carry this promo just fine. Instead, Michael Hayes acts like he is the tag team. <laughs> and he is... <laughs> it's... Un, it's... <clears throat> It's pretty unbearable. He's at a 10, like from second one. I can see the, it was snowing in Atlanta in that locker room for Michael Hayes. That's <laughs> based on oh, the way. Oh. I think, I think his suit was just made out of it. <laughs> but, um, it leads us to our next match. And here we go. We've got, <laughs> who looks like he's Take happy. Take this, to, Charlie. <laughs> look who's happy to be here. Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> And, the uh, opposite of Apollo Crews in every way. <laughs> and his uh, tag team partner, Dirty Richard Slater. Take- <laughs> <laughs> Taking on Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby with Michael PSA. So, Charlie, tell us all about ah, it. <laughs> well, for anyone who's ever wanted to know how it would be like to have Will as your tag team partner in a <laughs> wrestling video game, uh, this is your match. Because I couldn't stop laughing through the whole match. Because uh, this is you. This is exactly what you do. You're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I played by my own rules. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, like my other, my only other note is chaotic but fun. Because uh, this match is just ap- all over the place. Uh, Bobby Eaton. I will point out his um, Alabama Jam is awesome it looks so good and safe and wonderful uh but yeah will this is this is you man uh this is a six out of ten i give us a six this was fun but it, stupid yeah i i do agree with you like it was incredibly fun i saw I've, i was reading other people's reviews and they thought that like the crowd wasn't into this i'm like i kind of beg to differ like the this thing was this this match kept moving it moved at such a good pace that I felt like the crowd was right there with them. Um, I just love that these guys just are healing out on each other. And I, I can, you know, they had mentioned Sabisco in the, um, in the, in the little interview, but I didn't know that he was at ringside cause they never cut to him. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden he shows up with that cast and it's like, Oh no, he hit poor Greg Valentine. <laughs> oh no. That's right. Poor, <clears throat> poor Greg. 
Um, I agree with everything you said, and I especially love the Alabama Jam because watching it in slow-mo, showing like how precise he is with it, and like you said, the apt word is safe. Like that move, he doesn't he, he even touch him. But it he doesn't touch like, him. But it looks like he does well when it's playing in regular motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just a hair higher. I gave this a seven as well. I thought it was just a okay. lot of fun. Jason, what'd you think? <laughs> well, I'm going to start off my review of this match with the first thing I heard once this match got going, which really set my tone. Two teams that are not exactly popular with most fans coming from Jim Ross. I would have loved to see a match like this with heel versus heel, with everybody cheating, everyone healing out. The constant, oh, well, you're going to double team? We're going to double team right in front of the ref. I would have loved to see a spot. So if a heel team fighting a heel team tries to cheat and messes up and backfires on the heel team, did someone turn face? Because that spot with the cast is kind of, I mean, again, it's super convoluted. But uh, I didn't like this match because I wish this wasn't, I wish this was the same match that you two described with people that had more charisma. Like, if it was someone that was a little more into, then, you know, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dirty Richard Slater, then I would have been, then fine. Like, Arn and, and Beautiful Bobby, neither one of them scream high energy, but they're both fantastic fluid in the ring. Low if it had been, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the 500 people in the crowd, to me, um, we're kind of into it, but going back to the match itself, you know, at, at this point it's 1992. Who isn't a master of the figure four, AKA the super <laughs> kick of the early nineties, AKA the DDT. Another thing is you would think that being around Ric Flair for as many fucking years as Arn Anderson was around for Ric Flair, he would know how to get out of a figure four, um, and, and be into it. Right. But Bobby, you think they talk about drop? that on the plane? Oh, man. Let me tell you, Arn. You got to go over this way. If someone ever puts you in it, I should roll, Rick. No, 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 no. Don't roll. Don't roll. (laughs) But you'll get... What happens when you roll, they'll just keep rolling. Carry your momentum right over. Right back. Woo, you're hurting. Limo's in the shop. Anyway. um, Bobby Eaton's elbow drop on Greg Valentine to to break up the figure four, that gets a 10 on its own. That motherfucker floated in the air for like a half a second. It just it goes with his Alabama Jam. Uh, it just Bobby Eaton deserves more in the wrestling world. But uh, you know, fuck you both. This match gets a three. <laughs> I, first of all, I love that your little pause. You're like, you know, I just did like this match. <laughs> that's, I think that's my favorite part. Second, well, because they they buried the lead. Like you tell me right from the get. If I'm watching TBS for the first time, oh my goodness, it's a celebration of 20 years for this company. Oh hell, I might as well watch yeah. it. And the first thing I hear about what I'm about to watch is neither one of these teams are popular with the fans. <laughs> right. Why are they there? Well, we haven't talked about this yet either. Guys, is this Clash of the Champions or is this WCW Saturday night? Like, it's a good I'm point. A they keep confused. cutting. They keep going to the sign. They keep... This, right. The sign says WCW Saturday night. Yeah. And yeah. and they promote the, the, that show later. And it makes me wonder if they recorded both on the same night and they just didn't have time to, to switch the banners or anything. Like, the, it, this doesn't feel like a Clash of the Champions, even though the matches, I think, 
are are of exceptional quality. <laughs> so it's it's Gosh, a little bizarre. Oh, shut up! Shut up! Shut um, your one real quick, to, Jason. On your point of like his this Alabama Jam, it's also coming off the second rope, and it still looks mm-hmm. like it's coming off the top yep. rope in terms of height. Yes. And everything. I just wanted to note yeah. that because Bobby, because he would have been disqualified. Mike, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he was in the middle of doing it, and Stan Lane was like, "Well, he's not my partner anymore. No, disqualified. <laughs> Vote no. Vote no on referendum thirty-eight of top rope illegally." So you rescind, Jr. You vote to rescind. Pause. Okay. I say again, Jr. You vote. To... <laughs> I, so now at the conclusion of this match, I feel like we go like 30 minutes before another match. So there's a yes, lot to, there's a lot to clip through here. But first, there's another uh, uh, another scrapbook graphic with Jim Cornette. There you go. They picked the most random crappy clips too. They really they, they could not. They're not pick. that good. No. Yes. Here's the least worst of WCW of the past 20 years. Yes. But uh, business picks up here because JR is now interviewing Bruno. And Bruno takes more digs at the WWF. Oh, they're a total embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't care for Bruno here uh, at all. Uh, WWF in 1992 is, is, I think, very good in terms of professional wrestling. So um... Yeah, but Charlie, it's not the guard. It's, it's not, not the, the guy. They, well, Jim Ross the even brings it. I'm sitting here when Jim Ross brings it up. This isn't the Omni. It's the center stage. But oh, when Jim center, Ross what? literally goes 200, what, like he he made a bit of 280, like 207 matches in the Madison Square Garden and sold out 180 of them. You could have just said main event. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like you took 10 percent away <laughs> of, it, of the glory <laughs> when you said that, literally numerically. But it's just like, come on, man. And it's, Oh, the garden. We tell you, the garden's so much better in this place. 500 people? That's one roll of the garden. <laughs> just like... Um, just, if and, you guys want to know where it comes from, watch his Hall of Fame induction speech. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to take a shot of heroin every time he says a garden. <laughs> you'll be seeing God by 530. I swear to God, it's the only arena he ever wrestled in. Like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my favorite hobby. Garden. Gardening. I named my garden in the backyard MSG for gardening. I can't wait for Havoc just to hear. I can't wait to see what happens with him at Halloween Havoc. Is oh, you mean WCW Gardening Havoc? Not <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Teddy's back. He's back, folks. He's oh, back with. Jesus. I like how he starts off like, hey, Andre and, and uh, hey, Soli. Andre, we're back. Oh, you guys are going to keep talking? Okay, we'll go over here. <laughs> it's and it's and here comes Bob Armstrong. Bang bang. And then uh and then, <laughs> What? Well, he's, he's bullet Bob Armstrong. I mean come on. Well yeah, but come on. bang bang. <laughs> That's the best. So you two being theater majors and, and Charlie, you went to LA to give it a shot. Uh you think that while they were <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie, well, you went to LA to give it a I, shot, you fucking right. loser. You failure. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. never said that. That's the alcohol talk. That's what I heard. Anyway, That's what I heard. <laughs> Andre and Soli are just sitting there on camera talking to each other. So are they peas and carrots? Peas and carrots. 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 What is Andre wearing? Like, like his he's outfit wearing what he is wants. bizarre. He's Andre the and, fucking giant. And, Let him go. Like I. I wish I cared enough to write down everything that Thunderbolt Patterson said 
but it just it was just a stream of conscious what the fuck is he talking about kind of andre thing. looked at him like is this gonna end anytime right. soon and T- teddy long god bless him just looks at him at one point has no other options and teddy long goes uh testify <laughs> but you know what you know what thunderbolt still didn't get his handshake so teddy no, he didn't. Long just left i don't blame him, him. nope we get another Mr. Wrestling 2 clip here, yeah, too. Via Hawaii. Via satellite. Yeah. Yep. This really via is. Via Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. With, with the line, he, he says a lot of gibberish, but then he says, punch him in the nose, <laughs> kick booty type thing. Mr. I hope that's on his fucking tombstone, because that is awesome. Is he dead? Yeah, he died very recently. <laughs> wow. I know. I got the telegram. I did not know that. <laughs> you got the telegram. Telegram. <laughs> So now JR throws it at Ted Turner, which is a more gibberish, to be honest. Cap- Captain it's... Planet, Captain Planet, Captain Planet, Captain Planet, Captain Planet. So, go Braves. Woo. Um, we get an, another scrapbook graphic. This time the Road Warriors. Eh, it's fine. It's fine. I guess it's... Um, How is that fine? Snack on danger? Dine on death? Eat at Arby's? That is just the perfect thing to say. I love Okay, it. I'm wrong. Jesus. We gotta, well, I'm wrong. We, we got, I'm wrong for low opinions and matches. We got the cutter, Jason Keesler out today. He's just coming out just cutting everybody. He's like, Charlie's a hell? loser. <laughs> he went out to... <laughs> <laughs> but, Charlie, Charlie, I've never said you were a loser. But that's how it came off. <laughs> I mean, just, what the hell is an R-E in quotations Ted Turner? Is Ted not his real name? Resident Evil Ted. Yeah. What is? What was that? Like quotations. Ted Turner. Like maybe Resident it's his Evil. name. Maybe it isn't. Resident Evil Ted Turner. Yes, it's the it's the reboot Mila Jovovich is pissed off about. Oh, that's good. That's good. So now we come back. We have um. Tony and Bill Watts discussed the light heavyweight championship situation. Armstrong injured his knee in Japan. Uh, Brad Armstrong has been stripped of the title, and there will be a tournament in the future to be determined. <laughs> it sounds very vague. It doesn't sound like they really have plans for the belt, to be honest. Well, I don't think they did, Will, because one thing we kind of glazed over when you were talking about old Bang Bang Bob Armstrong was he cuts. He's like, yeah, I was here for, for the first first tv broadcast on tbs and i'm excited to be here tonight he said all my sons are here and i'm excited to watch brad wrestle so did no one tell him his son had a torn ligament <laughs> it's like were these pre-taped all, like off of each other and this wasn't really live uh, that's a good so, question I, yeah um nevertheless now we go to jesse with brad armstrong who is uh you know, man, he's he's disappointed. He's very disappointed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can tell. Oh, is he Jesse, now? Vent- <laughs> Jesse Ventura says, Brad Armstrong, you were just stripped of the light heavyweight title about Bill Watts. And what do you think about that? Fuck Bill Watts. Is what he just should have said. I know. It, the, the, Pillman, moment, the moment Pillman the walks in, you're like, uh-oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> this is good. It's it's awesome. This is... I, <laughs> I like that Brad Armstrong, every time, like... Pillman like kind of heals Adam. He's like, "Don't do this, brother. Don't do this." It's, he sounds like such a weenie. 
Pillman <laughs> brings life to this show. I know. Like, Pillman's heel promo is awesome. I absolutely love it. And I'm just like, he's the only one threatening to be interesting. I just love, looking at you just makes me want to puke. Smack. Smack. <laughs> right in the mic, too. Boom. <laughs> Your daddy. <laughs> daddy. <laughs> Ah, that thing was that thing was great. Yeah, it's 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 cool to see that this is starting because then that means the Hollywood blondes are close. So right, that's that's, that's really what cool. that reminds me of too. Also, Jr. mentions that hopefully we're here for another twenty years on TBS, oh. which is really funny because they're not there for even another ten. <laughs> oh my God, Charles! <laughs> why don't you just go? Why don't you just go back to Los Angeles and cry? <laughs> I I've still got one. And Charlie's. <laughs> I'm still drinking. What what brand of wine are you drinking? You're a big fat loser who went to LA and didn't make it. Is that what you're drinking? That's that's it. It's it's the it's the sad man's pinion war. <laughs> oh no, man! You've done something I've never had the balls to do. So God bless you. No, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so go back to someone to do it. We get another scrapbook. It, this time it's. Yeah, I think it's Roddy Piper and Flair. It's really weird. <laughs> is am I right? Is that Roddy Piper in there? Yo, yeah, sure. I think so. Piper's okay. in there. Okay. Sure he is. is the other guy he's yelling at Ric Flair who's just like trying to get away? <laughs> I think it's whoever's willing to listen. Uh, <laughs> it's Buddy Landale. Maybe. Uh, um, JR and Jesse then throw to a montage of the singles stars of the last 20 years. Of course, Dusty is number one right off the bat. Dusty, Stan Hansen, Ronnie Garvin, Tony Atlas, Magnum TA, Buzz Sawyer, Mr. Wrestling 2, The Great Kabuki, um, Ted DiBiase, Bill Watts, Wahoo McDaniel, The Mass Superstar, Repo Man, Vat, uh, Jimmy Valiant, Bundy, The Spoiler, Sheik, Tully, Flair, Terry Funk, Wi-Fi Tommy Rich, and Roddy Piper. It's like, I, here's a bunch of people that aren't here. I mean, come on. I threw Repo Man in there. Right. He wasn't in there. Why didn't anybody stop me? I was, that was well, just... I, was, I was thinking if you were calling the spoiler by someone else's name. I don't know. Terrible. All right. Oh, excuse me. No, it just, I, I, I needed a, I need, I needed a better pick than that. I wanted to slide one in there and see what, what Doink. happened. Yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> Hey, this is the franchise Shane Douglas, and you're listening to the New World Rise. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's once again another Halloween Havoc promo, same one they showed before the teaser for uh, Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Then we get a Ron Simmons video package that just kind of recaps pretty much our season to be honest it's our entire season with ron simmons up to this point and then him uh winning the world title then we go to another scrapbook this one is uh is flair and i think is it is it flair and um is it just flair is this the one where flair's with that that referee that we can't understand yes flair just goes well what else is there to be said Oh, you mean yeah? You mean mumbles make three count? Yeah, he's flared the, who know said what I, to say. I? I understood. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be partisan. I'm gonna call it down the middle. There was a lot more, and the player goes, "What can I say? What can I say?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a great moment. 
Um, I want to bring back, since, you know, WCW is uh, sharing all these wonderful scrapbook memories with us, let's toss back to a very early thing that Charlie liked to do, calling out signs in the crowd from the fans. <laughs> there, There's a sign that says, the fans of Melbourne, Australia, love L-U-V, <laughs> WCW, <laughs> but they hat, they hate H-A-T spelling. So, I mean, it was just... I don't know. I hate that shit. Jason, was... sign of the night is Big Fat Vader. That's my... That's, that's, like, that's, that's very true. I didn't right see next that to, I feel bad because they're just trying to be like, check out the Sting sign. Look at the Sting sign. Meanwhile, it's like, <laughs> Big Fat Vader. <laughs> just... Oh, it's time. We get... We then go to split screens of Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack to really give it that big match feel here. And up yeah. next, here we go. It is the uh, the WCW World Title, our first title defense for Ron Simmons, taking on Cactus Jack, who we've seen these two go at it. So this is uh, this was a nice kind of return in a way. So um, I I I thought there was a nice little bit of irony when Jesse's like, you know, how many times will Cactus Jack get a chance at the title? It's like, well, you know, quite a few. Just let's just say, <laughs> quite a few. So, um, I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about this because it is this is a this is complicated for me because I think on the one hand, I'm very enthusiastic to see Ron have a title match defending his belt. So I was really excited for it. And I think that exuberance carried me to the end of the match. I, I'll go ahead and tell you, I end up giving this a six, but it's a weird six for me because I also think that this was the wrong match to start for him. I think he needed to have a match where he just absolutely runs through the opponent. And instead, it feels like these guys just aren't clicking. There are a few moments where it feels like something's supposed to happen, but the other guy doesn't do anything, and then they kind of just move on to the next spot and try and glance over it or whatnot. There are a couple of really good spots, though, especially, like, I made an audible sound when... Ron Simmons body slams Cactus Jack on the concrete. <laughs> and then when Cactus comes off and does his elbow drop on the concrete on top of Ron, it's really cool. It's a good spot. It is definitely a very rough, sloppy match in a lot of ways. But uh, that being said, the sidewalk slam spine buster looks awesome that he just, th just throws Mick Foley to the ground. And then that power slam still looks like a, it still is a cool move that I, I still buy as a finisher form. I just wish that he kind of had like he had a first match of defending the belt where he just kind of just blows somebody up, you know, just kind of runs through a guy that's a little bit lesser than Cactus Jack. But I still overall I enjoyed this. I thought this was pretty good. I if it it kind of felt believable that Cactus could win. But not really. It was still fine. I really enjoyed it, though. Nevertheless, Jason, what'd you think of it? Well, I think you're you're right. Um, talking about it, kind of that Ron should have went through somebody first um, instead of this, especially because they start off really hyping up that I think even Jim Ron says Cactus Jack is the greatest Falls Count Anywhere wrestler he's ever seen but he doesn't think that he's got what it takes to beat Ron Simmons in a regular match. Cactus Jack then proceeds to wrestle with Ron Simmons for the next few minutes and keep up with it. 
like a lot of traditional wrestling stuff, not the stuff that you would expect, you know, even to the point where, um, where, you know, he does that spot where he's going to do the, the jump and Ron Simmons is standing up and he stares at him and, and stares him down. Like I'm ready for you. Go ahead and jump. And Cactus just gets back in the ring and they wrestle in there. And when it finally goes outside for a little bit where it's cat, you know, it's Cactus's spot and area, you know, it, it, it gets more his style, but it shouldn't have been, he, Cactus Jack should have been able to keep up with Ron Simmons or to, to get over on him as much as he did in a regular match. Now, being able to just take the punishment, that's Cactus's thing. That would have been fine. Um, but I agree with you there. You know, but of course, this is a, it's a Ron Simmons match, so let's get into my, our normal bitching about it so we get some football talk, um, some <laughs> football player name-dropping. Yeah, because, I mean, because it's, it's a thing. It's when I When we first really started pointing this out with Jim Ross, I was like, man, it's a lot. <laughs> We're so far into this season, and it's consistent. He then Jim Ross just assumes if you went to Florida State, you watch wrestling and you like Ron Simmons because he talks about some player who's on the Atlanta Falcons, uh, and he then proceeds to plug his own radio show because that guy was also a freshman in college on the team with Ron Simmons. So clearly that guy's a Ron Simmons fan. Um, Bobby Bowden's watching this right now. I'm sure he is. It's September. He's probably got more important things to do. Um but Jesse Ventura, then he justifies any person from from what what he says. He justifies any cheating in a title match uh, because he says you can't blame desperate men uh, who will do whatever it takes in their one shot at the title. So I mean, I mean, I know he's the heel commentator, but it's like, yeah, that makes sense. If, if this is your world title shot, why wouldn't you do whatever you got to do to win um, on here? The Ron Simmons added, I, I like the addition of the forearm slash elbow to the face with his three-point stance that he gives the Cactus Jack three times, or excuse me, two times, um, and because he just gets right back up. The crowd is legit into Ron Simmons, so it's really cool still to see that. It's just this natural, natural thing, um, but you know, Simmons wins. I give it a four. Okay, Charlie, what'd you think? Would you give it well? I gave it a six. Six? Okay. Yeah. A weird six. Yeah, it's a weird six. I don't know how that works out in the numbers. No, no, no. I'm right It's a nine. A nine is a weird six because it's an upside down six. That's, wow. No, I'm not giving this a nine. Uh, But I I, I, I love this kind of downplaying of the importance of Ron Simmons being the world champion because, once again, it's not the final match of the pay-per-view. So it's it's, just this kind of weird thing and i hate to point this out but it is weird to look back and see like what what's he coming out to saxophone music or just kind of horns or well you heard it his theme's pretty cool i don't know if you've heard it i like the theme just fine but i just like typically and uh maybe this may get me in trouble maybe it won't uh like when i hear a black guy come out now like with (laughs) with its own original theme it's just rap music you know, and, and I mean, and it's just like, yeah, that's just the way it is now. Thanks, New Jack. Uh, but uh, I actually really like Ron Simmons's theme. Like, I, I think this you, is New a Jack. really, I, someone's got to point it out. I think this is a really cool theme, and it's a really cool thing for him to come out to, and it sounds distinctly like um, Ron Simmons. It sounds like his character, and I actually really like this match. I like the I like how it kind of gets hardcore for a second with Cactus Jack doing the elbow to the floor and and Ron Simmons 
doing that spine buster that they that Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura both call a sidewalk slam. And uh, like how Jesse Ventura, like they literally just mentioned, oh, that was Ron Simmons' wife. And you know that when Ron Simmons won the world title, that was probably the greatest moment in his entire life. You know, it was <laughs> right after they point out his wife. You know, it's like, God damn, like that's mean. But uh, for our first title defense that we've seen, I actually think this match is pretty good. Uh, Cactus Jack does fine. It's it's like it's it's he does a competent enough job. Uh, believe you know, making me to believe that he could possibly get this job done. And of course, Ron Simmons ends up winning with the same move that he beats Vader with, with the power slam in the middle of the ring. Uh, I gave this match a six as well. Okay, so that takes us to our next scrapbook, which is the Midnight Express. Then we get a recap of Chono winning the NWA world title. It's funny. I was like, are we going to replay a match on the show? I was like, oh, God, don't tell me we're having to watch a match that's already happened on here. But thankfully not. Uh, No offense to it. I just was like, I just would rather watch the shows that are at center stage tonight. But anyway, uh, we see him beat Rude to win the belt. We then see a promo from Rick Rude talking about how he wants a rematch with Chono, which would be awesome to see. Uh, That's for sure. And then we get yet another Halloween Havoc promo. (laughs) Can we talk about how Rick Rude turned into DDP for like a second? Japanese! Bang! Yeah, what was that? (laughs) Well, I I think it was Rick Rude being racist Rick Rude, um, wanting to stress the word Jap. And then also, I noticed later on, in the main event, he's wearing the same tights that I think he was wearing over there, which there's a great shot of, it's Rick Rude, so you know there's women all over it, but they are very, we'll say, stereotype Asian-looking women. Um, and I was like, oh, Rick, come on. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Richard, what? Ravising Richard Rude. <laughs> um, um, what, what, so, no, that's right, we're going to bleed into, to, the aftermath of that match is something yeah. I want to bring up that ties in with what you were saying. Here comes, here comes Cactus. He's not done, folks. We get to <laughs> <laughs> needs to get some fire back. He needs some heat. Uh, Put me on the commentary table. Oh God. He. We have a brief interview with Jr. with the Barbarian. Cactus calls in Bush Reed, and it's like now this is like a Cactus is kind of waging a war against Ron Simmons, and he's got his backup the the barbarian like what number four in the heenan family and butch reed who i'm sorry you used to be the natural but because we got the other white guy called the natural you can't be called the natural anymore so you're just butch reed now oh he's hacksaw butch reed don't forget uh cactus called dangerous dan spivey and told him to stay at home well it's funny uh, yeah well it's just funny that well being because dan spivey was not coming back but that's um, yes, right <laughs> he did uh, he listened uh but uh no, it just makes me laugh because like Butch Reed is like, there's no talk of him being called the natural because Dustin Rhodes is here. It's like, oh no, he lost his moniker. He lost <laughs> his moniker as well. Oh man. Well, he he was hacksaw Butch Reed in Doom too. So I mean, it's not a, it's not like it was something instant. It, that that was still carried over. So you know, some he, other wrestler showed up and they called him the Rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. like, oh no, it's Midian. Well, like, the makes, dude, that makes me think of now. Like they've tried so many things with Drew McIntyre. Like I remember the oh. Scottish psychopath. Oh, that's <laughs> that what they called because him? it's but, a stri- uh, They were like when he came and he was Dolph's like heavy. 
yeah. Scottish psychopath. He's now, the Scottish psychopath this week because of Extreme Rules. But. Well, now be he's also they're also calling him the Scottish the Scottish Terminator. Which I was like, what the fuck? Is, what the fuck is that? Like, what? Oh my gosh! Um, Come with me if you want to live, laddie. Just like what the? I mean, I, next thing you know, he'll supposed to be a Spaniard like Sean Connery, the great. I'm a Spaniard with a Scottish accent. Kill me, Kurgan. Oh, um, Ramos. <laughs> uh, but to, to, before we before we really dig into Drew McIntyre and jump thirty years in the future, um, with what we were just talking about about Ron Simmons wanting to look strong, and you are someone who just lost a world title match, why would you then just I'm just going to sick other people? We're going to they're going to beat you, like. If you want to make Ron, to me, making Ron Simmons look strong right here, Cactus Jack would have said, okay, you beat me in a wrestling match, so how about we wrestle on my terms, Halloween Havoc, Falls Count Anywhere, Ron Simmons, Cactus Jack. Let's see if you can beat me in my own game. Then you have Ron Simmons beat Cactus Jack in a Falls Count Anywhere match, beats the guy, you know, the toughest guy at his own game, I, I, to me, I think that would have been great as opposed to going, I'm just going to send every damn nobody I can at you. Well, when did he become, like, the mastermind? Like, Jack's Jack's got, like, a, a criminal underworld that he's assembled. And it's, like, and, and <laughs> it's full of, like, yeah, I, and he's got these two losers with him that, I mean, really aren't going to go anywhere. It's, like, like, when you think of the world champion fighting off, like, a, a, like a stable like sting fighting off the dangerous alliance that's awesome or sting fighting off the four horsemen ron simmons or sting has the, fighting off the nwo or right or, or sting fighting bad off decisions you're right or in this case now we've got ron simmons fighting off the cactus jack the barbarian and butch reed oh okay well let's get after it uh, well, I tell you what I'm going to do, Ron Simmons. Oh, I'm going to bring the guy in that you've already beat. That'll know, show you. Because we did that match. We did that cage match, which wasn't yeah. very good. Nope. Let's talk about that weird thing that Jack said when JR is talking to him. And he goes, oh, my head is hurt and my pancreas is punished. Yeah. Yeah, he's going through all his... His pancreas is punished? Okay, yeah. all right. How does he know that? <laughs> but it, I mean, he's a medical doctor, Charles. But now it only gets well, better, Jason, because now we get to hear Cactus on commentary for our next match, the Barbarian and Butch Reed take on Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. Hello. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. What happened? I don't know. Everything just stopped. I just assumed one of us died. Well, it's an. Well, we didn't. So, what do you think of this match? <laughs> well, since I didn't, I didn't know who. I mean, I knew who it was, but I didn't hear the intro. Um, so we get the Barbarian and Butch Reed against Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. Uh, let's see here. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Not a fan of this match either. Uh, because it's a... God, Jason. Other than, I mean, like, Cactus being on commentary, trying to do what... I don't know what he's trying to do besides beat up, you know, beef up Butch Reed, uh, which is kind of weird because the guy that he keeps talking about that he brought in to take care of Ron Simmons isn't even the guy who gets the pin. 
you know, and then it's a typical Dustin Rhodes match. He gets worked over by the Hills, makes a rookie, even though he's with two years in now, rookie mistakes, uh, and <laughs> then finally gets to the hot tag. Um, uh, you know, and, and somehow Barry Windham, the veteran that he is, is still making the same rookie mistakes uh, by, oh, no, they're double-teaming him. I better go in. Oh, the ref's going to stop me. I'll just keep arguing with the ref while my partner gets the shit beat out of him. That's probably one of my, my least favorite, second least favorite tag spot. Uh, my other least favorite tag spot happens later on. Um, th- then Jim Ross takes us to Jim Ross after dark and says, if Ron Simmons is out of the shower, he's getting a real eyeful right now. And I don't think he means it the way <laughs> he means it. Because if he's watching this match, his treat is just beating the shit out of Dustin Rhodes. But man... Man, brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> um, and then the, you just have promo code T1TT1. <laughs> what was that the uh, was that the promo code Brazzers for the yeah. the Jim Ross commentary on it's Coed Vid sixty nine? Masks optional. Yeah, the best. I love the. You just jumped to Jim Ross commenting on an orgy scene. Where do you learn to fall like that? I mean, just... <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> well, the Barbarian wins with the CTE kick. Right? And, uh, you know, so we get, a, we get a three. That's what we get. Wow. That, that's, that's a three. There you go. <laughs> that's a three. I got it. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I'm next. Uh, I didn't, uh, have any specific notes for it. In fact, the only note I have underneath it is, it must be something they showed after, because I put Doomsday DDT Steiners, uh, which must have grabbed my attention. Uh, but that's certainly not this match. Um, this match was okay, from what I remember. I gave it a five. I had it a five, too. I, uh, I... I was a, I was yeah. actually sh- I was shocked by the ending even though I shouldn't have been I because I was like oh Barry and Dustin will easily win this but then I would have been like well that promo would have meant absolutely nothing then so it kind of made sense that they um that you have you have Butch Reed and and Barbarian win so but yeah I I I I tell you it's it's fun watching both Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes just fly around the ring they're two big dudes. But these guys that can just fly around the ring with just their their athleticism is incredible. So it's just always fun to see those guys, even if it is just off of your cliched hot tags, where one of them's gonna tag in the other and they're just gonna fly around the ring and do their thing. I it's just something I really enjoy. That's why I have this at a five as well. All right, so now we get. <laughs> Just when you thought we'd seen enough of these guys, we get more interview time with Cactus the Barbarian and Butch Reed. They're on Cactus Jack is on here for like a solid forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Yeah, it's <laughs> and then the most awkward thing, like why we cut to Jake Roberts at the curtain. <laughs> what? <laughs> they want to know too. <laughs> Anybody holding? <laughs> this is Atlanta. <laughs> Um, and then we go to our scrapbook. Now it's uh, it's Dusty, I think, right? 
Is that who it is in the next one? I think uh, it is. I didn't. I stopped paying attention to them okay. because okay. they were very dull. They weren't well, good clips. Yeah, Dusty is in one of the flashbacks. He, well, he's in two. He talks to Willie Nelson in one of them, and in the other one, it's Ole Anderson talking over it and talking about, well, because you right here, this is when he tags me in, and wham, this is when I turned on him. <laughs> and it's like, are we watching a flashback of a flashback? Like right now. <laughs> uh, JR and Jesse speculate on what Jake Roberts was doing. I don't know. He's in the next match, so I don't think it's too hard to figure out. I really thought it was funny that they were like so intent on it, but we do. I love it. We get a, a almost like we're zooming into the future. We get a video package for the main event match. The worst. I, the, this is a huge pet peeve of mine. I hate when graphics are disproportionate. Like, they're you can clearly tell when they show the the graphics for each the cutout of each wrestler that it's smushed. I hate that. That drives me crazy. I don't. are you talking about the the very super crowded heel picture because yes. it's all four of them and their two managers. Yeah, that's that that just drives me crazy. Yeah, they they that needed some that needed some work, but um. Uh, I, I love it because pretty much the theme of this is Sting is attacked by everyone. Every one of these guys just beats up Sting. <laughs> so then we fittingly cut to a scrapbook graphic of Sting. So um, that's finally sets us up for this eight-man tag. And, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty crowded, awesome group here you have ravishing rick rude jake the snake roberts which i'm sorry the fact that they're both on the same team and they act like nothing's wrong makes me laugh just makes I me didn't laugh think of that. <laughs> i didn't uh, think of that i didn't think of that so wait wait fill me in on this their wwf feud. their feud was awesome in wwf oh well, I used to, that's okay, why i thought it was something like said, legit like when, background <laughs> when you were talking about jesse and bruno it's like yeah i'm pretty sure they yeah. they probably wrestled back in the day right they probably yeah, but did. he he didn't admit if he'd have said I took it, you know, if he'd have brought that up, but he was just like going hard on him for nothing. For well, he's he's <laughs> he's sticking to the feud, Jason. It's it's all kayfabe, baby. It's all kayfabe, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, but um, uh, so yeah, you've got Rude Roberts, Vader, and the Super Invader taking on the team of Sting, Nikita Koloff, and the Steiner brothers. So, Charlie, here we go. Do you want to go through each of the eliminations? I mean, I have most of them written down. I mean, I can kind of speed through my notes here. Um, Anytime uh, Vader and Rick Steiner are in the ring, it immediately grabs my attention now. Uh, Because these guys have amazing chemistry together. Uh, Every time we've seen them, Rick Steiner, anytime he does any kind of suplex to him, it's just fucking amazing. Uh, so, of course, the first two eliminations are, you know, it's so predictable that you'd think that they wouldn't do it, but they're exactly what you would think instinctively that they would be, which is Nikita Koloff and the Super Invader. Uh, those are the first two to go. And then we get Scott Steiner gets eliminated, I think, from a top rope attempt. Yeah. Yep. Correct? Okay. Yep. So. Yep. Steiner tries to go to the top rope. Uh, he gets eliminated for it. Rick Steiner gets eliminated, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, from for the next thing, and then Vader 
gets disqualified. Why does he get DQ'd? Going uh, off the top, top rope. rope. Yep. Vader went to the top rope? Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, then do we get basically what Jesse Ventura had given us a premonition of right, right before the beginning of the match, which was that we might find ourselves in a situation where it's four on one. Well, it's actually three on one, and it's Sting against, uh, what is it? Originally, it's Jake Roberts, Vader, and... Um, Rick Rude. Uh, Rick Rude, but Vader gets eliminated, so... We got Sting to deal with here. He gets, a, but he doesn't put up much of a fight. Like this, this goes over pretty much without a hitch. Jake Roberts hits a DDT on Sting. Is, isn't it on a? Is it on a steel chair? No, 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 not this one. Okay, well I know that Jake hits him with the DDT, and it looks just as crisp as all the other ones do. And uh, he gets a three count, and that leads to the end of the match and the setup of their match at Halloween Havoc. Uh, overall, I thought this match was. Okay, it was all right. It had some good spots in it. Um, I think there's a little bit too much Nikita Koloff. I don't understand how this guy is ever in the main event of anything. Uh, he's very bland and mediocre and lame and fucking stupid. I don't like him. I like. I don't like Nikita Koloff and Super Invader. I, I'm trying to figure out who he blew to get into these spots. Um, and it's really. Do you weird. think he kept the mask on when he was going? <laughs> Well, the mask is Man, look at that weird. half Nelson reversed <laughs> into a oh. tongue tornado. He's wearing oh, a crimson no. mask. <laughs> yeah, I knew you guys would figure it out. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, we sure did, man. I know. All of a sudden, he becomes James Gammon over there. <laughs> oh, God. So, these uh, Super Invader... Another thing I don't like is that they... They could have spaced their names out differently, like to where Vader's name is first, and then Rick Rude, and then Jake Roberts. But for some reason, they keep saying Vader's name right after or right before Super Invader, so it just sounds even more stupid. You know, it's like, oh, we got Rick Rude, Jake Roberts, Van Vader, and Super Invader. Yeah, that's right. Like, you would think the way they do it that Super Invader would be just a gianter version of Vader. Right, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's, it's, just, just, it's just fat Hercules, though. It's fat. It's fatter Vader, big fat Vader, or whatever that sign was. But Super Invader, um, did we? I mean, it's been so long since we did that last episode. Did we ever figure out who played him? It's Hercules. Uh, Hercules. Oh, it's Hercules so Hernandez. Hercules. It's Hercules yeah. Hernandez. Okay, well, he sucks. Uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't add anything to these matches. I'm sorry. So, that's a bye-bye. And, of course, like I said, Nikita Koloff, I think he's fucking terrible. But, um, all, all in all, I gave this match a six. It's fine. <laughs> all these people suck. Six. <laughs> so, Charlie, we gotta talk about this, though. What's up? The Steiners attempt a doomsday device on Oh! Him. How that's, could that's I when forget? I, Rick Steiner eliminated himself. How when he could tried I to forget? Squat oh Vader. God, and then I love how they're like, oh, "Fuck it, let's still do it." So, <laughs> no, 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 that's a classic Steiner's motif. So Rick Steiner tries to do a Doomsday Device attempt on Vader. He can't lift Vader. He just can't do it. So he just kind of stays down. And Scott Steiner's like, "Well, fuck it, I'm doing it anyway." And he just clotheslines the shit out of him. And it's so funny because it, it takes me back to that note I had from the previous match when they showed that clip of the greatest tag teams or whatever on TBS. And they did a doomsday device, but it was a DDT. 
like Scott Steiner doing a DDT off of a guy while Rick Steiner held him up. It's like, isn't the DVT just devastating enough? Uh, right, yeah, exactly. You know, like, the Steiner brothers are just like, like they are just, God, they've got to be like the most fun tag team to watch because of shit like this. Where, well, like even, even before he tries to lift Vader, I'm watching and thinking he's not going to get him up. You know, it's just, it just doesn't look pla- uh, plausible right now. And, uh, and it doesn't matter. Scott Steiner's still fucking, yeah, bia! you know, that, 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 that meme that we always joke about with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I absolutely love the spot, even though it completely fucking fails. Uh, the Steiners are still awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, a, this is a, this is one of those matches that's like, you know, it's, um, you know, on the one hand, you're like, oh, well, maybe they'll send the crowd home happy. It's like, well, no, they kind of, they, they gotta you gotta, set it for havoc. you gotta yeah. set it up for havoc. You have to. And <clears throat> that's why, like, I remember when I first looked at this, I was like, okay, so they're going to have to, since this is elimination, there's going to have to be some weirdo shit to get half these guys out of here. Like, it can't, like, not all these guys are going to get pinned or they'll submit or anything like that. And uh, that's why I was like, okay, so how are they going to do it? Well, they'll use the, their bullshit top rope DQs and all that and whatever. I love the ending, though, where Jake's like, guess what? I'm going to do it. Yeah, fucking did it. DDT over. I fucking did it. <laughs> like, like, you, like, because, you know, from all the all the matches we've seen over the years, what happens? Like, the face mounts this incredible comeback. They somehow get it down to one-on-one, and then they barely lose. It's like, nope, he's done now. Done. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a, I, get, I like it because it's just like, nope, this is the ending. Have a nice night, folks. And Thanks for your money. <laughs> yeah. 20 um, years on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah. The guy, the guy you're here. supposed Blood to Bob. be watching. The Blood guy you need to be watching is laying on his back. Yeah. But um, I thought it was fine. I thought this was a, a fine thing. I mean, it, it serves a purpose. Like, you know, this was definitely, this is not the ending of anything. This is just the continuation. I gave this a five. Jason, what'd you think? Any Scott's or any Steiner on Vader action is great. Just ask Coed Vid Night Sixty Nine, um, but because <laughs> oh, it's good, hard hitting stuff. The only problem is, is you were talking about Rick and Vader's chemistry. Sometimes I think that chemistry only goes one way. We get a good example of it, um, as at some point, Rick Steiner gives this incredible belly to back suplex to Vader that even gets an arch. And I'm sure that Rick could just hoist this dude, but for him to hoist him and get the arts like he did, Vader had to help him out. Well, come a little bit later, uh, Rick Steiner pulls a Terry Balea and refuses to fucking jump for a choke slam, Uranagi or something, because it's like Vader just tries to pick him up, and just goes bip, just drops him uh, instead of doing it. So it's like you know, Vader will sell for you, but you can't sell for him. Come on. And this was before. Rick shit his kidneys out from trying to squat Vader up um, on there. So uh, at this point, we're, we're, we're Charlie's two favorite wrestlers ever, Nikita Koloff and Super Invader, are, are facing off. And you can see through the red mask on Super Invader, and he and Nikita, do you think he's yelling at him in Taiwanese since he's from Bangkok? <laughs> it's just like you got a dude who's supposed to be from Lithuania, who's from Charlotte, North Carolina, and wherever Hercules is from, supposed to be <laughs> Taiwanese. Oh my god, the, oh, man, it's great. Uh, Jake's just kind of moseying on the outside, doing his own thing, 
and gets creamed by Scott Steiner for not a spot. Because you can tell, because Jake just kind of dips onto the ground and gets up and laughs and looks at Rip Rude. Just like, hey, you believe that shit? Um, but there's a, a Scott Steiner almost breaks Rick's Rude neck uh, at, during this this thing and he joins so rick rude joins a very long list of wrestlers and shoney's patrons that have almost been murdered by scott steiner um again super shocked that yes i i figured nikita would be the first of the face team to go but i figured super invader would be the first guy but i guess wrestling psychology you gotta always keep the heels you know at the advantage makes the uh the the faces even better then we get to my least favorite thing ever in tag matches when the faces go have been struggling and trying to get that tag and they finally get it but the ref doesn't see it i hate that shit because the ref doesn't see a lot of tags but the, a blind tag you got a blind tag how's it a blind tag if the ref saw it, it's not a blind tag another reason that i don't like this one in particular is that the exact same time jesse and jim ross are talking about how oh no referee nick patrick didn't see the tag to get sting in while he's admonishing, he also doesn't see Rick Rude tag in Vader. And he just lets, or whichever one tag in, and just lets it go. It's, 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 I, yeah, I, that's why it's because it, it just, it seems to be a thing. Uh, with so that. you're telling it's us really, you really, love this match. Oh, man. You You've become me. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a lot more forgiving. Show's over. <laughs> yeah, this is the series finale. <laughs> um, Going to Los then, Angeles. <laughs> i am i am um another thing is if you let's think about this you are in a suddenly a three-on-one situation you're a wrestler so you have three opponents to worry about you got the guy you're currently fighting and his two buddies that he can tag in at any time why the fuck would you go for a submission i just it's, go get a chair be, and just start swinging okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, but go for it. I'm gonna put, what, put him in the Scorpion Deathlock. Why? Like he doesn't even get it locked in. Here comes, I think, Jake clothesline Sting from the apron. No, not on my watch. Um, you know, Sting loses to Jake the Snake. Uh, I give this a four. And we're not. And then done. we have ten. Yeah, we got wow. ten minutes left on the show. And the main event's over. We go to a scrapbook, and it, it's kind of fitting that it ends with the horseman. That's a good one to to end on, especially like in the classic sense of WCW, TBS, and all that. I like that. I thought that was a cool, if you're going to end on one of these, you end on that one. And then, I don't know, guys, I was absolutely shocked by this overwhelming margin. 88% of voters uh, voted to rescind the top rope disqualification rule. So now, what does that mean? Who again? are the twelve? I don't know what that who means. Who are the twelve percent? Are these people that were confused? This is stupid. Well, mom, I want to spend ninety nine cents a minute to vote for more boring matches. So they they're gonna take away that DQ for the top rope spots. So it's not a DQ anymore. According to this uh, this vote, I'm sure was official. Yes. <laughs> are they? Or is it going to be retroactive? Is that why now we got ten minutes left for the show? Is the main event going to restart since with Scott Steiner back in it and Vader? Since now they're not, they didn't do anything illegal. That would have been cool. I know. But then we throw to our we get the complete promo of Halloween Havoc '92. I cannot believe how oh, much yeah. money they must have spent on this. Oh, S- dude. 
Spin this, the wheel. Make that deal. Or the deal. Excuse first me. off, I like Fucked how they just, it's like, Medusa, there's really no dangerous alliance. So we're just going to pimp you out. Here you go. <laughs> um, also, Sting's acting is the worst of all time. It's bad. <laughs> well, well it's let's, okay, bad. but here's, let's break down, let, let, it is bad acting, but also let's break down what his dialogue is compared to what Jake's is. So, Sting shows up. Jake's a snake. I'm going to abbreviate a little bit. He goes, Sting, I knew you'd come. Sting goes, yeah, what's the deal? Jake the snake goes, are you serious? You spin the wheel. These guys have been saying it like 200 times since this shit started. No no wonder you you lose all your partners. You're not a good listener. Sting was like, huh? But anyway, it's Sting gets crap. Like, it's just, ah, yeah, I'm not scared of you. Meanwhile, Jake is over there fucking murdering it. Mm -hmm. Um really good it's like it doesn't matter like the 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 it could be a cage match it could be a barbed wire match it could be a death match i'm the master of all these matches i I didn't know that but it's cool he goes this isn't a game for me this is fun so games aren't fun to jake to sake yeah the um um i love this bar because i feel like it's like the from dustal dawn bar if it was like done for 20 bucks (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah like as performed uh, by los lopos i, I also los love lopos. like this is the most cliched shit in the world whenever you have like like you have a room full of people and you have two opposing forces like one person says one thing and everybody looks in that direction and then when the other mm-hmm. person says something they all look back they do that here I'm like oh my god oh but uh, let's give it up is... for the cr- the crowd Ooh, yeah. you would have Sting. thought Steve Borden called out Jake Roberts. Sting and Jake are clearly not in the same room that everyone else is in. I, like, that's that seems to be pretty obvious. Yeah, so, yeah. you like, can tell by the way they're shot. Yeah. Although I will give him credit, the lighting on Jake, because I was paying attention to the, how they were lighting him, it's very similar to, to the lighting on everyone else, so it seems consistent. So as a kid, I probably would have never noticed. Yeah, the... Um, uh, I just, I was just blown away with how bad Sting was. It was Sting like... was really bad. I can't remember what line specifically it was, but there was one line that he said that I was like, oh, there's no excusing that. I'm not afraid of you. Doesn't he try to say ass, but he just doesn't? He, ass he gets almost gets off. there. Jake, Jake I love it. He goes to say, I'm, whoop your ass. And Jake says, Sting, you know we have a no swearing rule in this dialogue. <laughs> Let's try and draw the line. Now where's that we, crack? We've got a wheel with blades on it and the bartenders <laughs> hanging out with a midget washing machetes, but I'll be darned if there's any swear. <laughs> I'll be darned. I really do think Jake... Hornswoggle is a Highlander. because Doesn't that look immortal. like Hornswoggle? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just like him. <laughs> You'll see him again in uh, the Vader's White Castle of Fear. And here's one thing, as a WCW fan forever... One thing I think is pretty cool is they, there's this weird underlying thing of these vignettes that they do, and there's more down the road in a few years. The heels, like WCW heels are like, they live in Gotham City, is the way it looks, is because there'll be a time coming up where uh, it's there's a, uh, some running bits where Jimmy Hart's looking for someone to take out, or he's looking for someone to take out Hulk Hogan. Two, and he finds Kevin Sullivan in a dark, dingy alleyway. And Kevin Sullivan takes him to these other dark places, and like that's where he break recruits. Like it's another, it's like the Dungeon of Doom, like that version of it. And it's like 
all these you, you get the shark you get the giant you get all these people and it's all crazy creepy looking like that and it's the one thing that that one of the things i always liked even now and i'm older as cheesy as it is this cool idea that all the bad guys live in kind of this dingy spot except for vader who has like this great cool place up at the fucking rocky mountains um kind of thing so it's it's neat it's it's just it's one of the overlooked things that i wish especially because you know there's supposed to be a wwe universe give me a universe yeah. It's already hokey, you know. Give me something. What's What's so funny is all the matches that are on that wheel are a hundred percent cooler than the <laughs> match that it ends up being. He, Jake says there's even a mystery match. Okay, what is a mystery? You're already spinning a random wheel to determine yeah. what you're gonna do. Yeah. So it lands on mystery match, and what do you do? A uh, regular match. Yeah. <laughs> Judy Bagwell. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I, I just remember. I remember when. When it at you actually find out what it is, you're like, oh, that's it. And you're yeah, like, oh, it sucks. Um, but um, and yeah, first it's... blood is on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that before '98. But yeah, it's it's just funny how <laughs> yeah, what we end up with. But um, overall, like it's it's it is funny. It is campy, but it's cool to at least have something like this you know to hype up a match so it's a maybe it's a staring contest because then they shoot lasers at each other that's, oh, that's great that thing oh my god i miss when wrestling was cheesy like this yeah because like this is when it excelled for me <laughs> i wish they could go talk to bruno about what he thought about this because wwf just never <laughs> never would have thought of something as brilliant yeah. as this that fucking this is the kind of wrestling league. we had in my time yeah, people right. shooting lasers I couldn't get that out of my head. I couldn't get that out of my head either when watching this promo for Halloween Havoc. Just Bruno, what do you make of this? Yeah, you know, I was like, this is pretty bad. Like, this is literally the same year as as WrestleMania Eight, which had two all time classic Mania matches on there. And so to hear Bruno, just that other league. I'm so sorry. Know, I, I cannot see. I'm counting over all the hundreds of dollar bills that you gave me to come here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's I also look good. This is going to buy me a lot of stuff for my god. I also love that uh, he's got those uh, cauliflower ears that Jesse Ventura was talking about. Yeah. Well, that's why Bruno never went to Hollywood. Yes, he never went to Hollywood. <laughs> like Charlie. Oh. Well, oh. oh, I see what happened. Oh, oh, no. Jesus, Jesus. How do you know where I went? Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching you. How do you think we got along so well when we first met? I knew you were... <laughs> Spin the wheel, Jason. <laughs> Make the cool. Deal. All right, who wrote shit on a pole match? Just taped it to the wheel. <laughs> Sting just There's comes no over and writes control with this fucking wheel. Sting just writes "I win" and puts it on the wheel and spins it. I win. Like there's a barbed wire match on the wheel. Like WCW didn't do this. Like, nope. But, um, the wheel betrays Sting and cuts him. <laughs> but um, overall, so Charlie, are you doing the tabulations? I mean, it's, it's done as well as I can am capable of doing it. Uh, like, Smash gets a thirty. I, I it took a while because I was like, wait a minute, this math doesn't add up, <laughs> so I had to keep going. Oh, that back math to... spells disaster. <laughs> so. Uh, from what from the math that I've gathered, uh, 
Stabile math. It's the new thing. <laughs> From the stabile math, uh, the stabile math checks out. Um, well, you and me have it rated at the same, and Jason has it rated at a significantly lower number. <laughs> like, it's never been this much of a disconnect before. I don't think, like, because this is outrageous. But anyway, we all together rated uh, Clash of the Champions 20 a 5.08. Man. Too high. Uh, <laughs> you tried, Jason. <laughs> Cagematch.net has it 6.44, so. Oh. Too well, we usually come in low, so that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. But um, that sets us up perfectly for our next show. It will be Halloween Havoc 92. We will get to see Bruno. We'll get to spin the wheel, make the deal, and see how it all shakes out. So that'll be a lot of fun to see. Uh, if you guys, hey, you guys get a chance, drop us a rating on iTunes. Make sure you um, leave a review as well. If you do, hey, we might read it on here. You never know. And we might read it in the, you know, it makes would make it fun. We'll read it in the Bruno San Martino voice, which is basically oh. Ferrigno. I can guarantee you, if it's a really bad, hilarious rating, uh, we will most definitely read it. Yes. <laughs> Look what someone yes. took the time to write about us. Yeah. As long as it it's five negative. stars, put what you want. Do a Mayoko, a Richard Morton. Uh, give us your right. own prom. Give us your own promo code and what it gets you a discount off of. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh no. But um. In the meantime, you can find us on social media on Twitter. We're at New Blood Pod, Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. I am at William Rinkin83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore Stabs. And we'll see you all again for Halloween Havoc 92. Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! Goodbye, my friend. That's a goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, Mick Foley.